What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Last week, I recorded a conversation right off the heels of the Congressional Black Caucus Foundation's annual legislative convention. I spoke with Texas Representative Jasmine Crockett, and while we spoke about the youth vote, we also spoke about the pending, then pending, government shutdown. When we recorded the conversation, much of our talk centered around why both parties could not come to a consensus. Well, as we now know, the government shutdown did not happen. But the conversation is still timely about how partisan politics happen and are in this country and why we have to continue building towards a consensus if we truly want to build this democracy that we care about. I want to just pick up at the panel that you hosted during the Congressional Black Caucus week. You had young folks on and I really wanted to talk about the youth vote. What does it mean for 2024 moving forward as a young elected official? How do you use your platform to inspire young people to turn out moving ahead into the election season? I think it's all about education. If people understand what it is that government is supposed to do, what it is that government can do, and what it is that we are doing, those of us that are doing the hard work, I think that it's a lot easier to get them to come out. I think it's when we decide that we're going to inundate them with information and and do an information overload that is problematic um, for them because they're like, wait a minute, this is the first time I'm ever hearing of this. You're talking about you've given more money to HBCUs than anybody else. You're talking about the fact that you've put more African-Americans on benches than anybody else. You're telling me that you've invested more in climate than any other administration. Like you can't say all those things all at one time, along with all the other accomplishments that have been achieved in these um, very kind of monumental pieces of legislation that were passed, whether it was the IRA, the infl- which is the um, uh, <laughs> Inflation Reduction Act, mm-hmm. or whether it was through Um, say, the Infrastructure Act. You know, most people, like, hear these bills and they have no idea of what's actually in them, but we're talking about bills that are thousands of pages long, and this is where you get into the nitty-gritty about making sure that we are pushing forward with clean air, clean water, clean energy. Mm -hmm. That's all contained within that, but you have to take the time to break this down in real time and show the investments that the administration has made Mm -hmm. and show who has been for that and who has been against that. Mm -hmm. Because usually what happens is when the checks come out, And the jobs are coming because there's new bridges that are being built because there are the charging stations that are coming out. Yeah, everybody wants to show up or whether it's the fact that we've expanded broadband access um, to those urban areas where the infrastructure was lacking 
or to the rural areas where there was a lack of infrastructure. Everybody wants to come out and act like they were a part of it instead of recognizing that their voting record doesn't match up with these fat checks. If it was up to them, Mm -hmm. then these checks would not be handed out. These jobs would not be created and these opportunities would not exist. Um, So I will be that girl that will be calling out those that you know want to show up when it's time to show the money but they didn't want to show up and make sure that they voted in the best interest of their constituency well what about the the young person who says listen i have you know student loans they're about to restart um that has not happened you know that's going to affect my um, my bottom line my financial bottom line climate change is real there still are members sitting members of Congress and the Senate who don't believe in climate change. Um, We see this over and over again um, on top of other issues like the economy. Inflation is really high. And so when I if I'm between the ages of 18 and 45 and I'm thinking about buying a first home, maybe I have to still live at home with my parents. I'm thinking about getting a job that pays me a real living wage. How do I couple all of those issues and then still come out and vote. How do I think about that? So one of the things that I like to tell people is that government frustrates me. And yes, <laughs> I am a part of government. Right. But it is slow. Mm-hmm. It is slow. Um, it is clunky. Um, there is 435 of us on the House side. You've got another 100 members on the Senate side. And then you, you know, you ultimately have a president. And so ultimately you can vote for one person at a time and that's Mm -hmm. what you should do as far as, you know, your house rep and that kind of stuff or whatever. But if you're expecting to see something happen tomorrow, it's just not going to, Mm -hmm. we didn't lose our rights to reproductive access overnight, Mm -hmm. but this is one of those things that I want people to understand that we have to continue to fight for and we have to continue to show up for. It's not a matter of I show up one time and it's, done um you know i just did a panel with stacy abrams she was moderating and she said i need people to understand that voting isn't magic it's more like medicine Mm. magic it's like you snap your fingers and something happens medicine (laughs) it's a matter of i've got to keep taking it and keep taking it and keep taking it and i think that one reason that the far right has been so successful is that they understand that it's medicine so they continue to show up and that's why we are losing our rights we've got to show up and recognize who is fighting for us and who is fighting against us. Mm -hmm. And so right now I can tell you that I'm doing everything that I can with my one out of 435 votes to fight for the people. You know, I am somebody that still has student loans. So don't think that everybody sitting in this body is in this body because they were born into privilege or they exist in privilege because I'm not one of them. Mm -hmm. So my, my fight is your fight as well. Like we're living the same, um, you know, reality. And so it is important. And that's why the diverse voices matter. That's why diversity shouldn't be limited just to our cultural background. But we've got to look at age, especially in Congress, because there's a lot of people that they don't know what a student loan is. Either they never had it because they were born into privilege or it's been so long ago that those loans have been paid off. Mm -hmm. That Mm -hmm. is not the reality for me. And honestly, the majority of the people that came into my most recent class or this most recent class We understand what that is. We are fighting for this every single day, but we need your help. I can't sit in this position and be a voice for your real issues, such as climate. I am the girl 
that was a founding member of the Climate Caucus in the Texas House, which you think, mm-hmm. how is this possible? Right. When Texas is leading this country in energy, it doesn't seem like it when we see that our own lights go off, but <laughs> we are the largest producers of energy that is clean as well as dirty energy in the state of Texas, and we didn't even have a Climate Caucus. Wow. And so I was one of the founding members of the Climate Caucus. I serve on the Ag Committee. On the Ag Committee, I'm doing things around sustainable aviation fuels. Just yesterday, I was able to meet with with Boeing Corporation. I was able to talk to Southwest Airlines. They are all in Airbus. They are all in on sustainable aviation fuels. Mm-hmm. And so as I traveled on my six-week recess, which is not a recess, it's just recess away from this building. Um, as I traveled the world, I was talking to leaders in Indonesia and Thailand um, and India and and really a a number of countries in Asia Mm -hmm. specifically about climate. And it's interesting because on these bipartisan CODELs, which is a congressional delegation trip, um, my Republican colleagues didn't say that climate change was a farce. Uh-oh. Um, it's interesting. So, so they know it's real. Well, it, listen, they don't act like it's fake when we out of this country. And so I'm like, <laughs> you know, maybe we should start governing away from the United States because then we don't have to have these dumb debates. It seems like they come back to the United States and they want to dumb it down and, mm-hmm. and honestly just lie about what's what because it it feeds into a belief that some folk have in their districts. But honestly, they need to just stick to truth. They need to stick to data. Um, and they, they need to to really talk to reality because they are doing not only harm to my constituency, but they're doing right. a lot of harm to their own. When we look at Florida and we see what they've been struggling with as it relates to the floods, and when we look at the farmers, say, in Texas, what they're dealing with with droughts and floods, mm-hmm. Um, and freezes when we look at Hawaii this is something that is affecting us globally and I applaud the other countries that don't have to deal with the regimes that are off spewing lies that are only harming them they acknowledge that climate change is real they can see it they can feel it and they are absolutely trying to take strides the problem is that Historically, the United States has been the leader in the world. And right now, if we are struggling to acknowledge the first step, which, you know, when they when they talk about the 12 steps to recovery, the first part is acknowledging that you have a problem. Absolutely. And so having people in this body, this esteemed body that historically has led the world um, and it's it's failing in its leadership. Yeah, clearly. And I, I think, you know, when you talk about leadership, We have to also bring up where we are today. We are facing a government shutdown um, in the coming days. And this will mean um, a lot of government workers, not just here in Washington, D.C., but across the country um, who serve our country in a number of different roles will have to be furloughed. They'll be home um, because our leadership, which you're a part of, could not come to a consensus about how to move this country forward economically. And so I'd love for you to just speak a a little bit about that and how we've gotten to the point where we're at another um, potential shutdown. It seems like it is highly likely to happen. And what do you say to people who are looking at a paycheck or looking at a bill that um, they will have to figure out how to make that end meet? Yeah, so... You know, one of the things that you said in there was consensus. Mm -hmm. Consensus is not something that I feel like exists, at least in this house at this moment. Okay. Um, You know, the the easiest thing to do, considering the fact 
that we have such a slim majority mm-hmm. or the Republicans have a slim majority. Mm-hmm. The easiest thing for them to do would be to decide, you know what, we're not going to deal with this extremist regime. What we're going to do is we're going to do what is best for the people in this country. And that means just walking across the aisle. Because honestly, you can't get any of these ridiculous cuts that will take away money from mothers on WIC, that will take away Mm -hmm. money from people that are struggling. You talk about inflation. Let's talk about how much it costs to eat nowadays. And so you only get $6 a day Mm -hmm. when it comes to SNAP. We're not trying to fight to say that, hey, we want more people to go hungry in this country that is supposedly not a third world country. So like, yeah, we will build a consensus around making sure that we take care of the most vulnerable and we make sure that those that really aren't paying their fair share Mm -hmm. will pay their fair share to exist in this country. We're all in for that. The problem is that the Republicans don't want to build consensus and the bills that they want to pass We'll never see the light of day mm. because the Democrats run the Senate because we have a Democrat in the White House. And so, you know, you talk about the shutdown, whatever consensus was going to be built, allegedly was built when we dealt with the budget mm-hmm. during um, the debt ceiling fight. And most people were conflating the issues. They were saying, oh, no, 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 we need to cut the debt and this and that and blah, blah, blah. It was they're two completely different things. Mm -hmm. What people didn't understand is that the debt ceiling is about saying, hey, my credit card bill has been run up, which to be clear, the credit card bill was run up in a historic fashion by Trump and the Republicans. Okay, these are just the facts. And so Mm -hmm. then they said, well, we ran the bill up, Mm -hmm. but we don't want to pay the bill. (laughs) Okay, so we are not going to pay our bills, even though we ran the bills up. We ran the credit card bill up. And now our 700 credit score, well, we gonna, we going to drive it down to 650 because we're not going to pay our bills. Mm. That doesn't help us as a country. It doesn't. Right? And so then now what, what happened is they said, well, we've got to talk about appropriations. We got to talk about what we're going to spend going forward, even though the debt ceiling fight is about what has already been spent. It's not about going forward. So the president engaged McCarthy. Mm-hmm. They came up with an agreement. Correct. An agreement that now they say, well, never mind. We don't want to honor that. Mm-hmm. You can't function in a government where you don't have an honorable broker. And right now, there is no honor amongst the Republicans. There is no honor when it comes to coming up with a deal. And so it is hard to build a consensus when you know that the other side could care less about honoring what they have agreed to. So now what are we doing? It's approximately 4 million people in this country that are employed by the federal government. Mm -hmm. Now, we're not talking about the federal contracts. We're not talking about anything else. We're just talking about those that are employees. And so, you know, they claim that they care about the border. We know that when it comes to border security, that is a federal issue, regardless of what my governor wants to say. It's Mm -hmm. a federal issue. And so... When you look at securing the border, well, who wants to show up and they not getting paid? Exactly. That I mean, we. But so it trickles into all of these it other trickles issues into all because these if, issues. if if more migrants come across the border, that could be another talking point, really on both sides about how the shutdown 
is negatively affecting yeah. numbers of different, of, you know, yeah. a number of different industries. Yeah. But that clearly is something you're facing that in your home state of yeah. Texas, right? Yeah. Um, you know, we, we've seen um, Mayor Adams in New York talk about the influx of people yeah. who are continuing to come into the state. And so, again, when people see what's happening, they may say, well, I don't see it as a, um, a partisan issue. Elected officials who were sent there to represent their districts, their constituents, are not getting the job done. No, the very basics of our job isn't sham impeachments like what I'm about to deal with this week. (laughs) The very basics of our job is to literally keep the government open. And there are those that don't believe in government that are serving in government and only want to tear government down. Mm -hmm. Um, And and you mentioned immigration. And I want to be very clear about this. You know, when I think about border security, Mm -hmm. um, it's not really that you see um, people coming across the border and they got machetes and they got they the out there. You know, I mean, they they mm-hmm. want to paint it like, oh, it's an invasion. I'm like, to be clear, I've I've seen what dangerous borders look like, especially as I traveled over the six weeks. But this is a failure of policy. Yeah. And it's and, and the problem is that, again, that consensus word. Right. Mm-hmm. Because there is one side that wants to pretend as if they care about the border. Listen, when when people say that they don't want to send money other places, one thing that this country has done very well and effectively historically is we stabilize the world. We do. And so we stabilize Mm -hmm. other countries. And so what we we have to understand is foreign policy, which is something that nobody wants to ever talk about. Everybody wants it. When you ask me about the issues Mm -hmm. that are top of the mind. Mm-hmm. No one says foreign policy. No one. You said, how much money am I getting paid? You said um, climate change, which climate change is also right. a foreign policy issue mm-hmm. because it's not just about how much the United States is polluting. We all live in the same world. We right. all live on the same earth. This That's is right. a foreign policy issue. Right. This is bigger. It is is global. And so is immigration. Mm-hmm. And so when we fail to invest in those countries and make sure that they're stabilized, make sure that they are building their own democracies, make sure Mm -hmm. that they are building a middle class. What happens is when there is a breakdown and people are nervous, they're scared and they don't know where else to go. They go to the land of the free. Right. That is here. That's here. And so we have to make those investments. That has to be a part of foreign policy. Mm -hmm. And so what we see, honestly, in my opinion, is a failure of leadership when it came to foreign affairs under the previous administration. And now it's trickling down because, again, as I stated before, government does not move fast. We see things so late mm-hmm. and so what what's happened is and and i know this because we have the conversations we've seen a rise in the influence of china in destabilizing these democracies that was because we had an administration that wanted to get all cozy with russia and china who neither one of them believe in democracy mm-hmm. and so when people start losing their freedoms and believe that they're going to lose their lives what do they do they come to the land of the, free. of the free. So we have to understand that we have to be smarter. We have to be more aggressive on mm-hmm. foreign policy. I felt like we were doing cleanup on aisle nine <laughs> as we were traveling for those six weeks because we heard about the failure of leadership from the previous administration heard us. When I asked, why are we not getting 
um, our students that we used to get. So uh, exchange students, yeah, exchange students, yes, the mm-hmm. foreign exchange students, the numbers are going down and coming to the United States. They're going up and going to China. Mm. That is a problem. And and they brought this up. And I said, wow. what is the reason? Yeah. Now, I don't know what the responses are going to be, but I was happy that my Republican colleagues were sitting there to listen. Yeah. They didn't say Democratic re- policies. They didn't say Republican policies. They just said this. They said, number one, the cost of education. Mm. Well, hello. Come on. Hello. Yes. Who's been complaining about the cost of education in right. this country? Right. Democrats. Mm-hmm. Right. They said the cost of education. They said no, by, by no stretch of the imagination. We have the best universities. The majority of the people that are leading um, the ministers that we sat and talked to, they were Ivy League educated here in the United States. Wow. So they know. Mm-hmm. But they said the cost of education. Number one. They said the rise in Asian hate. Mm. Now, the rise in hate in general is coming from one side. Right. That's it ain't coming from the Democrats. Like, mm-hmm. you, it's not that ain't nobody blamed the black women sitting in Congress for being the rise in hate <laughs> yeah. of anybody. Right. right? Yeah. Okay. Number two. Number three, they said gun violence. Gun violence is out of control. So, okay. Yeah. So, so tell me if you really have an issue with China, mm-hmm. then why aren't you listening to how China is able to co-op these amazing students and start to indoctrinate them mm-hmm. into their way of life yeah. and why we're losing students. It's all because of y'all's policies. Yeah. They didn't say Republican policies. Right. They what just they said did, policies. They, well, the, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I can attribute every single one of them mm-hmm. to Republicans. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, we've got to do better and we've got to make sure that we are educating people on what is going on. Mm-hmm. Most people just say, well, we need more security at the border. Listen, that's like saying, you know, as, as we've had the fights over policing. Mm-hmm. Listen, it's too late once somebody been killed. Absolutely. That the, it's too late once they've arrived at the border. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. need to make sure that we are preventing crime. How do we prevent crime? The same thing with immigration. How do we prevent these people from feeling like they need to leave their homes and their countries? Absolutely. Because it's a dangerous trek. Right. So, you know, Republicans talk about supporting police, supporting border uh, border patrol. Well, the thing is, you can't support them if you don't go out and and deal with the root causes. Mm -hmm. And as far as I'm concerned, they have not decided to deal with root causes because they want to see the violence. They want to see Mm -hmm. the border um, influx. They want to see that and blame it on one side. It's a good talking point. They want to see it under this particular administration. Exactly. And it's dangerous for the country. You know, I know you got to wrap. I want to just close this by asking you one more question around young people to the young person who is listening to this and says representative crockett why should i vote in this upcoming election we've talked about a number of issues from policy foreign policy to climate change to gun violence to the cost of education but to the young voter who is apathetic And they're just tired of the back and forth, right? They're tired of hearing that one person or one side is going to do something and it it doesn't get done. What would you message to them today about their need to participate in democracy? I'm going to tell you this. If you don't do it now, there may not be a democracy for you to wake up to. Uh The freedoms that we have enjoyed, you know, from, I mean, there's things that, the young people don't even think about, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm sitting in some of these other countries, 
I can't even watch the news I want to watch. Like they like literally you mm-hmm. can't gain access because the government has shut that down right. in some of these countries. The things that you don't even think about or when we look at the places that have decided that they are going to persecute and kill women mm-hmm. or the places that decide that they won't even allow women to be educated. Yeah, we are on that same path. There's a lot of things that we take for granted every single day in this country that when you see those migrants risking their lives, they recognize that they don't have access to that. Yeah. Our basic freedoms are on the line. They are saying that our diversity is not our strength. And in fact, it is a weakness. And so that's why we ended up with the Supreme Court that dared to get rid of affirmative action. They are saying that we should not have access and control over our bodies, even if we are little girls and we are raped in this country. Mm -hmm. That is not the country that I grew up in. And honestly, it is not the country that any other little girl deserves to grow up in. They deserve better. Mm -hmm. And so you may not love the president you may not love the other side but let me tell you something there is no real thing known as perfection that walks amongst us in this country but there is somebody that is as least is fighting for your basic protections even in their imperfections Mm. and so we've got to make sure that we support those that are going to fight to to make sure that we're not regressing but progressing And every single day that I serve on this house floor and I listen to someone who is a grandmother at 30, whatever her age is, and is trying to tell people about what it looks like to raise their kids. And so they want to ban books and the access to education while at the same time. Well, they doing other things in these streets that does not look like somebody who should be regulating and telling people how to raise their kids in this country. So I implore you and I sit here and I fight every day for you, but I only sit here because I have the privilege because there were young people, young people that never knew that a Jasmine Crockett would walk this earth that risked their lives and some of them lost their lives. We saw the John Lewis's who survived even though they tried to kill him, Mm -hmm. even though they jailed him. He did not know, and I I did have the pleasure of meeting him in my lifetime, Mm -hmm. but he did not know that there would be a Jasmine Crockett. And besides the things that I do on the floor, we were at Howard University just on Monday. This is outside of our work. Nobody told us to do it. This is something that we wanted to do because we are trying to do everything that we can to pour in and invest and inspire the next generation of of thought leaders, but there were thought leaders that never knew I would exist and were willing to risk everything just so that I could have a seat at the table. And so I'm saying that I'm just asking you, I'm actually begging you that if you really believe that this country owes you more, if you believe that this country needs to live up to its promise, then you need to show up and make sure that you hold the people that are elected to serve you accountable. Well, that's a great word and a great ending word. We've been talking with Texas Representative Jasmine Crockett. Thank you so much for your time and we would love to have you back. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Crystal Night Show brought to you by Newsweek. The best way you can support us is to give your five-star review on Apple iTunes and be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcast to the Crystal Night Show. Crystal Night Show.